In this episode of Scaling Postgres, we talk about multi-terabyte scaling, Kubernetes, database as a service, encryption, and high availability. I'm Creston Jameson, and this is Scaling Postgres, episode 42. All right, our first article is PostgreSQL Affiliate Projects for Horizontal Multi-Terabyte Scaling. This is from the cybertech-postgresql.com blog. And this is a follow-on to a post that was uh, released a couple of weeks ago about terabyte scaling. And this talks about what do you want to do when essentially scaling across or kind of do some horizontal scaling uh, to the multi-terabyte level. And he says, quote, be warned, the robe's getting bumpy now. We usually need to change the application and also the surrounding bits, which means basically doing some sharding. And he mentions uh, three different extensions or derivatives of Postgres that you can use to do a multi-terabyte scale out of PostgreSQL. So first he mentions uh, sharding via PL proxy stored procedures, which he describes as some uh, glue to get the stored procedure call to reach your sharded database, and that this has been battle-tested uh, at Skype. So this is one solution, but it looks like it does require uh, using stored procedures. The next option is Postgres-XL, which uh, he says, quote, could perhaps be described as a PostgreSQL-based sharding framework, and it lives somewhat under the umbrella of the PostgreSQL development group, and, but it lags a version or two behind uh, current PostgreSQL. But it says it lets you manage or run queries on tens of terabytes of data with relatively little restrictions. Although he does mention there are some caveats. And the biggest cluster he's heard about is 130 terabytes of data on it. And the next solution he mentions is uh, sharding with Citus. So Citus is an extension of PostgreSQL and mentioned it many times on Scaling Postgres. So this is an extension you could add to PostgreSQL and to shard your database across multiple database servers. And they also offer a service as well as just using the uh, extension. So that's a possibility. And then lastly is a green plum, which is a actual fork of PostgreSQL that's uh, dedicated for data warehousing. So you probably wouldn't want to use this for online transaction processing applications, but generally for massively parallel processing. So those are some of the options available today if you're looking to do a scale out of PostgreSQL. But keep in mind that over the next few versions of PostgreSQL, we're moving toward using uh, the features of parallelism and partitioning and foreign data wrappers to build out the ability to horizontally scale your PostgreSQL database system. So with each new feature added to the core, we're getting close to the point where PostgreSQL will do something like this out of the box. But if you have a large data size you need to manage today and want to do a scale out, here are some great options. The next post is actually a YouTube channel, PostgreSQL and Kubernetes, database as a service without a vendor lock-in. And this is posted on the uh, Dalaibu YouTube channel. So basically he covers uh, PostgreSQL in general, but then he talks about how you could run it on Kubernetes and all the different component parts that you would need to put into place to build your own database as a service. Basically bring up multiple database systems. Maybe you're going for a microservices architecture, or potentially you're wanting to do your own scale out, well, Kubernetes could coordinate all the different database systems that you need to set up. And basically, you can do this using open source software without having to rely upon 
a vendor such as AWS or Google Cloud or whomever. So this is an interesting YouTube channel that talks about how you could actually uh, put this together. And again, with the future of scaling being uh, scale out across multiple database instances, this is definitely a presentation that could prove useful in the future. The next post is databases versus encryption. And this is from the secondquadrant.com blog. Now, I don't wouldn't necess necessarily say this is databases versus encryption, but how do you encrypt data in a database, essentially. Uh, and they talk about with a lot of the different requirements uh, for data protection now, one of the big ones is a full disk encryption. Now there are a lot of vendors that provide it and there's tools that you can use to be able to do that. And that's kind of a baseline you would wanna do. But for really protecting your data from people who are actually getting access to the database or through your application, it's probably not gonna be sufficient. And he mentions uh, extension PG Crypto and it addresses some of the issues of encrypting data in your database, but a disadvantage here, he says, uh, quote, but it means the database has to know the keys that will decrypt the data. And those are likely part of SQL queries. And so the issue with leaking data into server logs and monitoring systems is still there. So he contends that it's, it's not a great solution. And what a lot of people do is do application encryption. So in the, within the application itself for data that you want to secure, you encrypt it, store it in the database, and then you the app it's the application that decrypts it. So basically the data is stored in a encrypted or a scrambled fashion in the database. Now he mentioned that just leaves the database acting as a double quote, uh, dumb storage. So that means it can't really uh, compare values. And one thing that this uh, blog post proposes is potentially doing encryption as a part of a separate service, potentially maybe an, on its own instance. And one of the main things is if you want to compare data, so maybe you want to search for compared data, so you rely upon this service to do the encryption and decryption for you so you can compare values. Now we talked about a experimental extension uh, CC number that is potentially looking at doing some of this. So that's definitely something to take a look at. But I've also heard of other tools uh, that enable you to do blind indexing. So even though you have a encrypted field, you could do what's called a blind index to index some of that data, but it doesn't really reveal what the contents are. But it definitely discusses some of the issues with encryptions in databases. And if you are needing to improve your security through encrypting data in your database, this is definitely a presentation to check out. The next post is, Waiting for PostgreSQL 12, add log statement sample rate parameter. So basically this is a feature that has been added to 12. We don't know if it's gonna make it there, but hopefully uh, it should. And it addresses the issue where you have log min duration statement, and that allows you to set the logs to log any statement that is longer than a certain duration. So basically you are able to search through the logs and find slow statements. But the issue comes, what if you have very short running statements, but so many of them. Well, one option is to use pgstat statements that does a sampling of queries. So you could deduce what those many, many queries that are being run, but they're relatively fast, but overall they're making potentially the system slow. That's one option. The other option is this enhancement where it actually takes a sample so that you can put the log min duration a little bit lower or potentially log all statements, but just do a sample rate of them. And in their example here that they did a test on, 
they were able to reduce the size of their log file over tenfold because they set their sample rate at essentially 10% from set it from 1 to 0.1. So this could potentially be a great feature if you wanted to re reduce your log size but still get some visibility of the queries that are going on in your log. The next post is evaluating high availability solutions for TimescaleDB DB and PostgreSQL. So basically, um, even though this is they're talking about TimescaleDB, DB, which is an extension for allowing PostgreSQL to act as a timescale database, they're talking about high availability. So how well can a cluster of PostgreSQL instances be able to fail over? So they're talking about you have a physical replication, so you have one primary database and two replicas. And they did an evaluation using the criteria that they mentioned here to find what automated they sol solution they could find that will allow them to automatically fail over from one of the primaries to a replicas. And basically the one that they chose was Patroni. And they talk about how you basically set it up. You need an, some sort of consensus holder to flag which one's primary, which one's a replica. And they're using etcd here. And they talk about how the process actually works in terms of uh, doing the failover when you have the primary fail and then how it elects the next node to be the new primary. So if you're potentially looking for a high availability solution, you may want to check out this post and see if you agree that, that perhaps Patroni would be the solution you'd like to use. The next post is how to upgrade PostgreSQL 10 to PostgreSQL 11 with zero downtime. And this is from the severalnines.com blog. And basically this is using essentially logical replication to do the upgrade from PostgreSQL 10 to 11. Now, we've seen some other posts in previous issues that have discussed doing this process. So this is another post that essentially uh, describes the process of setting up logical replication and then how you might switch over to it when you want to do an upgrade. Basically, you have a existing database server that is acting as a publisher for logical replication. And then you have a version 11 one that is serving as the consumer or the subscriber. And then once all data is synced, you switch the application over to use the new primary. So with the release of PostgreSQL 11, if you're looking to potentially use repl logical replication to upgrade from 10 to 11, this is definitely a blog post to check out. The next post is, at 22 years old, Postgres might just be the most advanced database yet. And this is from the arcentry.com blog. And basically, this is a post talking about some of the feature sets that are important to this organization and how they can use it and its extensions and all its different features to provide exactly the features that they need from uh, PubSub messaging to triggers to foreign data wrappers, uh, JSONB, uh, and different add-ons. So if you want a little bit of insight as to how someone is using the features of PostgreSQL, this is a blog post to check out. Last post is why the RDBMS is the future of distributed databases featuring Postgres and Citus. And this is from the citusdata.com blog. And again, this is a discussion of all the different features in PostgreSQL and what makes it uh, unique and different compared to other database systems. And they're making the argument here, one of the most important things in terms of choosing what database system you're going to be using or, or what are the development costs. So they're arguing that using a relational database system such as PostgreSQL and then also having the scale out features of Citus is probably the best choice today. So if this type of content is interesting to you, definitely a blog post to check out. 
That does it for this episode of Scaling Postgres. You can get links to all the content mentioned in the show notes. Be sure to head over to scalingpostgres.com where you can sign up to receive weekly notifications of each episode, or you can subscribe via YouTube or iTunes. Thanks. Thanks.